0: everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I am so happy That you're here, and I know you are going to enjoy today's conversation with my friend, Avrielle Muse. But before we dive in, I wanted to give you guys a friendly reminder we have 85 episodes live, 85 guests, okay? More episodes, including our recent bonus episodes, as well as bonus episodes with me. So, all of that to say, if you are looking for a specific brand or business or industry that you'd like to hear more about, I just want to encourage you to check out our library. You can find that on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Our library continues to be a great source of pride for me because when I look back on our guest episodes, I'm talking episode one, two, three, four, from the very beginning. It's been incredible to share who we've had on the podcast. So friendly reminder, you guys are going to love today's episode with Avrielle. After this, go ahead and queue up your next episode. You are sure to enjoy. Well, before we dive into today's episode with Avrielle, I wanted to give you all quite a few updates in regard to the podcast. We are really getting our stride over here at HSDT, and I'm so excited to share. We're going to begin highlighting other brands and businesses on our episodes, which is going to be incredibly encouraging and is going to be the tool we use to continue to keep this podcast going, one of the many tools. Other exciting news is we've got lives coming up, we've got collaborations, and I wanted to add something kind of unique in today's intro, which is if you are going to be in Los Angeles or Malibu and perhaps you have a product or you're dreaming of doing a pop-up in this area, please keep me posted. I would love to partner with you, and I think that would be something that would be really fun as things open up here and we enjoy the beautiful weather in summer and fall. Collaborations are definitely on my mind. So do let me know if that's of interest to you, and I will stay tuned. Well, you guys, today's episode is one that I have been so eager to share. Avrielle is incredible, and the brand and platform that she's really built on social is one that's meant to encourage women. I know you're going to feel inspired today. Here is Avrielle Muse on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Abriel Muse, is a lifestyle YouTuber seeking to encourage others by living a life of purpose marked by freedom and flexibility. A Toronto native living in Texas, Avrielle graduated with a bachelor's of arts degree from Wilfrid-Laurie University. She has since worked as an entrepreneur, executive assistant, operations lead at Built to Impact, and currently continues to grow her impressive YouTube channel where she focuses on transparency and fun. When Avrielle isn't creating content for social media, shooting a photo shoot, or encouraging women like myself through video, she is likely spending time with her handsome family, which includes her okay. husband and darling son. Avrielle, welcome to How'd She Do That?
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. That bio was very impressive. I'm so humbled.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did my research and before we started recording, I was bragging on you because I'm not even sure how I originally found you, but it was one of your videos. You guys are going to be able to check out. We're going to give you how to connect with Avriel, but it was one of your videos and I was like, okay, who is this girl? I would be friends with her. And so I thought, you've got to come on the podcast. So thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh my goodness! Thank you. I feel so special, Emily. I'm literally beaming. Oh. <laughs> I'm smiling from ear to ear. <laughs>
0: well, literally. I mean, it's just so incredible how you know, and I think we have a real heart connect right off the bat. But I mean, you're, I, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to hear your story. I'm so eager to share it. I'm excited. Um, so, so let's dive in. I know I, I gave a little bit of an intro to you, um, and there's little pieces of your story that we can put together. But how about this? Um, tell us a little bit about you. And then, of course, ultimately, we'll chat a little bit about what college looked like, what you majored in. But how about you tell us? Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, where you're from, that that kind of fun details.
1: Yeah. So I was born in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and I growing up, I was just a girl. We moved from the city, Toronto to Mississauga, which is another suburb in Canada. And I loved it. I loved being around my friends. It was diverse and it was just great. I had a just great, you know, great family, so caring, so loving. And my mom was just a Hardcore believer. And Mm. at the time, I just didn't get it. Like, I remember (laughs) just being like, I don't get this. It seems so outdated. Like, (laughs) he would take us to church every Sunday. And I remember I went through this crazy I always tell the story because it just doesn't even make sense but I went (laughs) through this crazy rebellious phase where I started to wear the same dress pants to church every Sunday (laughs) because I just didn't want to be there I was like I'm not gonna put effort into my appearance if you're gonna drag me here to church every Sunday then this is what I'm gonna look like like (laughs) it was so crazy I don't even know like if anything that was more embarrassing for me than anybody else you didn't realize (laughs) it at the time (laughs) I didn't realize that at the time but yeah, I just remember growing up in a household where um, Jesus was very much at the forefront. And my mm. mom was just such a great example of, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm. Um, and I just really loved that. And I just remember um, then going to university and leaving home for the first time. And I was only about, I think it was like 40 minutes away from my house, but it felt so different. And that's when I really started to get to explore and do all of the things that I really wanted to do that I couldn't do in my like Christian household <laughs> and like that's when I was like drinking and partying and like you know like yeah. just living a life of promiscuity and just doing my thing and I'm just so excited that I'm excited and happy that I actually had that experience because that's right where Jesus met me wow. and I just really needed that time away
0: mm. because
1: it showed me that all of the things that you really wanted to do, all of the things you thought that were going to be fulfilling, I ended up coming to a crashing end being like, wow. man, this is not fulfilling. And, you know, that's really where I would say my life truly began oh. because things just started to become purposeful from there and beautiful from there. And mm. it wasn't easy. You know, I, mm-hmm. I definitely never want to paint that picture that following Jesus is easy, but that's really when my life started to make sense. And uh-huh. I started to know that God had a purpose for me and that he had a plan for me. And even in the hard moments, like I had somebody that was always there, ever present. Uh-huh. And yeah, I just, I just feel like my life has just gotten so much sweeter since that moment. And I'm uh-huh. excited. And oh happy my that. gosh! <laughs> <laughs> well, so well said. I have
0: chills. This might be one of the earlier times in an episode. I'm saying, okay, I literally have chills right now. But to hear Aww. that that that's your story, and what a testament to your mom! It's incredible to hear the behind the scenes of of a powerful woman like yourself. To recognize, okay, you know, we we might have a little bit of a glimpse as to where that came from. Um, and it's so cool to see. Well, I'm really curious because you were in school in. Canada and and I've kind of um, updated everybody that you're currently in Texas. But before we get ahead of ourselves, when you were in school, what what did you major in? What did you think you were going to be getting into during that season of life? What did you think your next step post-grad would be?
1: So I had gone to school for political science. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that I wanted to somehow be either a lawyer or be in government. Wow. And the reason why was because when I was in high school, I remember someone mentioning to me that, oh, the governor of general, the governor general of Canada, all she does is travel from place <laughs> to place in Canada and province to province. And she inspires people and, you know, kind of oh. inspires the Canadian spirit. And I remember thinking, man, there's nothing else I can imagine doing more than going <laughs> from place to place and traveling <laughs> and inspiring people. That sounds great to me. Wow! And I remember that set me on this journey of just looking down the political science path and majoring in political science. But the reason I ended up graduating with a Bachelor of Arts was because when I was about to graduate, I had met with like a, count- a guidance counselor and they were just like, okay, well, you need one more course to graduate with your political science degree. And I was like, oh no, I already know by this point that I'm not doing political science. I definitely don't want to be here for another semester for one course. Get me out of here. I'll just graduate with a bachelor of arts. (laughs) so adamant on that. I'm like, I don't even care about what I'm at this point. I don't even care if I graduate. Just let me get out of here. And that's exactly how that happened.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I love it. I can definitely relate. I, I have other, my, my husband went to higher educate. like uh, he went onward after college to do more education. I have people in my life, I'm like why would you do that to yourself?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. I'm like, school is not my ministry. Okay. Yes, yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and to see, you know, the field that you're in now is so creative. Um, it's, it's really fun to think about. Well, tell us this post-grad, what did you step into? What was your first role out of school and, and, and maybe how did you land that job?
1: Yeah, so in my last year of university, I ended up getting a job at H&M, and I was just working part-time there as a sales Uh advisor. Um, And I worked there for a few months, and then a position came up internally that was to be like a a recruiter in the HR office in Toronto. Oh nice! And I remember my manager mentioning that to me. And I was like, oh, you know, that'd be really cool. Like, you know, that could be like my first big girl job, you know. Um, (laughs) But it was like really competitive. It was like all over Canada and all of these people were applying. And yeah, so I remember just going for it. My manager referred me for it and I ended up applying and going for it. (sighs) And I remember I ended up having a dream. I dream a lot. I get this from my mom. And I remember I had a dream that I was like flying in H&M. And I remember I told my mom and she was like, that means promotion. You're going to be promoted too. Uh, you know that's a good dream. And uh, I remember going to the head office, going through the whole thing, the interview process. We had to do a presentation. It was like one of the most nerve wracking things. But right out of university, wow. I ended up getting that job. Like two, I think it was two or three weeks before I graduated. Oh, and wow. um, yeah, so that was really awesome.
0: So you step into that job. Are you at home at this point? What did that kind of season of life look like? And maybe what's happening in your personal life at this time in post-grad season?
1: Yeah. So, okay. I ended up um, moving back home from school. So then I ended up just working, going back and forth to Toronto every single day. I was just doing the long commute, like taking the train. Mm. And um, I was home and I was really just diving deep into my relationship with God during this time. I mm. was growing. Um, I had been maybe saved at this point. I think it was for maybe a year or two years. I My timelines are all off, but wow. um, I had just been still newly saved, newly a Christian. And I was really just growing in my relationship with him. Mm. And then my personal life was just looking very... I don't know, like I still was going out with my friends, like in terms of like going to restaurants and stuff, but I ended up seeing a it was just different because my friends that I had gone to school with and all that, Mm -hmm. um, they saw this dramatic change in me. We went from partying, getting drunk, like doing all the things that we wanted to do, to very quickly me not wanting to do those things. And if I did want to go out, it was only to go to dinner. And you know, like Jesus completely changed my life and I think During that season of life, we were learning and navigating what that looked like for our friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was different, but, you know, they were still present, they were still around. And yeah, so I would just say that's really where I was personally.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you touched on too, that just the element post-grad, I think one of the things that's most challenging, and we have a lot of listeners who are in that season of life, is um, sticking with the, the the friends, the friendships that you made, but also outgrowing some of them, or not even outgrowing, just everyone kind of moving into different entities. So I love that you touched on that, that that was something that I know listeners will relate to, You know, thinking, okay, what, what does friendship look like after school? I mean, it's It's kind of a different world to be working and to be trying to keep up with people and for you navigating, you know, your new hopes and and dreams for your life. Oh, my goodness. Well, tell us this. How long were you at that role? And what was your favorite thing about working internally at H&M in corporate?
1: So I was there, I think. So I ended up getting the job. I think it was April of 2015. I graduated July of 2015 and then I left the job in November. Oh, wow. So I was in that specific role for a very short time. Um, I ended up quitting because I wanted to just come home and I wanted to travel and live my life. And Um, it's just so funny how that ended up playing out because November when I quit, I ended up going on vacation like a couple weeks later uh and um, that's... On that trip, I met my husband who was working on a oh. cruise ship. Oh. So it a new season of life really started around that time. Like that's when I met my husband, oh. um, and that's when I was like traveling to and from to go meet him and see him. Then I remember going to spend some time with my friend in the Bahamas for a month. So it was really just a season of just trusting God with my mm-hmm. finances because it's not like I was. Doing super well financially where I could quit the job, but it was just something that I really felt I was called to do in that season. And I'm really glad that I did it because during that season, I was just traveling and, you know, really growing in my relationship with my now husband and all that. So. (sighs)
0: Well, it's really cool too, because again, the, there's so many different themes in your story. I'm like, this is so relatable for those of you who are listening, the hopes of being in post-grad season and, and having that time to travel. But hold on, because you just said something interesting. That I can't let you like go go further away from this. Did you say you guys met on a cruise ship?
1: <laughs> yeah okay yeah, about i about a second it's <laughs> such a crazy crazy story i ended up going on vacation with my friends and my family and we were going on a cruise ship it was an eight-day cruise and it was my first time on a cruise ship and it, not to mention it was eight days long so long. we were there And I remember, I will never forget this moment. I remember sitting on the balcony because our room had a balcony and I loved the water. I've just always loved the water. And I was Mm -hmm. sitting on the balcony and I was spending time with God and I was looking out at the water, the ocean as we were like, you know, sailing through. Uh And I remember telling God, I was like, God, I would love to meet somebody. Uh I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on your timing, but I would love to meet somebody that I could share my life with. And I kid you not, like maybe two days later, I ended up meeting my husband like halfway into the cruise. And we just hit it off. Like we spent every moment together. He was very sure that he wanted to be with me. I was very sure on my standards. I was like, listen, first of all, you work on a cruise ship. Like, I don't know about this. Like, this is gonna be long distance. I live in Canada. This is very crazy. And I remember him just being so sure, like, we can make this work. I'm so sure about you. I really like you. I know this is such a short period of time to even know all this. Ugh. And I remember telling him, I'm like, well, I'm not going to date anyone until I'm sure they're going to be my husband, because Ugh. I just want to be sure. I don't want to do this again. I've gone, I've gone through heartbreak time and time again, and I just don't want to do it again. And yeah. one thing that really made me sure about elijah was how sure he was and to this day he's still that way he's such a sure person like even when i'm wavering even when i'm uncertain he's always certain about Mm. me and that was what really drew me into really wanting to pursue this relationship with him
0: Uh, now where was he based because correct me if i'm wrong People on cruise ships, of course, they're on the cruise, they can be on the cruise like year round, but did they have a base that they're kind of required to be located at off season or, or what did that look like for you guys?
1: Yeah. So basically his contracts were six months long Oh and yeah, where yeah, I yeah. met him was outside of Tampa. So his base was Tampa, but he was still living on the cruise ship because okay. when they're in Tampa, they were only in Tampa for like half a day. Yeah. Oh. Um, so he was that was his life it was six months on and then he would do maybe one month off or two months off and then go back on six months on um but he really loved it because he was a musician he got to do what he loved to do um and he was getting paid well for it and then he ended up getting promoted to music director so it was just a a season of life that he really loved and i actually loved it too because I got to travel and go be with him. And it was just oh. really fun. you know. Oh so yeah, it was, just a, it was a fun time in life. Yes. <laughs> I'll
0: say. I'm like, oh my gosh. Now, okay. So this is a season that you guys stepped into. And like you said, you you were kind of stepping into a long distance relationship. What did it look like for that season to... End. I'm. I'm curious to know what you guys decided on, and I know you're much more settled now. But what did the end of that season kind of look like for you both?
1: We were talking about being being married, yeah. and he ended up coming to visit me, like five months into us dating. I asked my dad for my hand in marriage, oh my gosh. and my dad said yes. We ended up getting married eleven months after meeting. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we were in Georgia. And then we ended up a few months later, ended up living in Canada. We were in Canada for a year. Then, you know, we talked about that and we're like, okay, should we be here? Is this where we really feel we're called to? We moved to Georgia for a year to move in with his parents. It was really a season of delayed gratification because Mm -hmm. we were like, man, we really just want to have our own place. but we can just save up here live here for a little bit. We yeah. lived there for maybe about a year and a half in Georgia with his parents. And then we knew that God was calling us to Texas and Whoa. we ended up moving here in May of last year.
0: Wow. And where are you in Texas?
1: So we are about 20 minutes away from Dallas, I think. Okay. Yeah. 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we're in the suburbs. We're in
0: Plano, Texas. Oh, nice. Okay. I I my family's from Dallas. They're in like Dallas, Dallas now. But I went to McKinney High School. Oh, cool. Yeah. So right, right by you guys. Oh my goodness. Well, tell us this because I'm really curious. There, there was the Atlanta Connect. What was it that you guys knew? You just mentioned you knew that you were called to Texas. What drew you there?
1: So, basically, my best friend she lives lived in Georgia at the time, and she ended up calling me one day and telling me that I think she called me or texted me. I can't remember the details are fuzzy, but <laughs> she told me that they were moving to Texas, and my heart dropped like oh. I was like, "What? no, there's no way <laughs> and but I was so on board with it because of they knew that that's where God was calling them. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, you know. um, Anyway, living my merry old life and thinking nothing (laughs) of it after that, like, you know, I guess I was thinking, I was more so thinking, oh, well, we'll just have to visit. We'll just have to fly there whenever, you know, we can and all that. And I ended up just started dreaming back to back to back to back that we were living in Texas, that we were moving to Texas, that we were driving in Texas. And I remember I had this very specific dream that we're driving on these like really nice paved roads, but I was telling my husband in the dream, I was like, babe, um, we need, we forgot the change. We need the change for the tolls. We need the change for the tolls. Oh. And it was just such a nice area. And I remember telling my husband, I'm like, that's so weird that I dreamt that. And he's like, that's not really weird at all because Texas has tolls. Yeah. Like, Texas is known for having tolls. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, it just blew my mind. So I just knew like, okay, God, this is where you're leading us. This is where you want us to be. Um, and we're going to go in obedience. And it was very, um, hard at the time Mm. because we had been, it felt like we were moving a lot. We went from the cruise ship to Canada, from Canada to Georgia. And my husband just was having such a hard time with it because he just wanted to be stable. Yeah, He didn't want to keep moving. But I knew that I knew that this is where God was calling us to. And then we ended up talking. We ended up making a plan. We ended up moving here. And we could not be more happy that we were obedient. We love it here so much. Because even when we were in Georgia, I honestly didn't really like it. I Mm. just didn't love it. But I was just there because I was like, okay, you know, this is what we said we were going to do. Right. Um but I didn't love it. And I was just so happy when we ended up being here. And I was like, this is, this is it. Like, this is where we're supposed to be. Like, there's just an air where we're at where it just feels like just comfort. And Mm. it just feels, I don't know, I just can't really explain it, but I just feel so much peace about Mm. where we're at. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I'm just really happy about where we're at.
0: Oh Well, it's fun to have kind of deciphered like, okay, I think she's in Dallas. And the area you're in, by the way, you guys, there's a lot of tolls. You can jump on a toll road from pretty much Plano (laughs) to anywhere. So, Abriel, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're... The dreams are really interesting and very cool to know that God speaks to you in that way. Well, well, tell us this because I know that Elijah is very much, I mean, I've seen him on your YouTube and I love your videos together and I love what you're doing, but tell us a little bit about your brand. Tell us about stepping out and deciding to, you know, I mean, make videos, which props to you. That is kind of my biggest fear is is like, oh gosh, videos and and whatnot. And I'm so impressed with what you've built and what you're continuing to create. So tell us a little bit about how you decided to take the leap of faith and and start this YouTube channel. What did the beginning days look like for you to do that? Tell us about just the inspiration behind it,
1: yes. So, honestly, Emily, I know that you're saying that you t- doing videos is one of your biggest fears. Trust <laughs> me, it's mine too. Okay? Well, but you're so good definitely- at it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I honestly was not planning to do videos. I'm <sighs> completely honest. I This, once again, was another dream type situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ended up having, it was actually a vision, this one. I had a vision that some, this was back in 2013. I had a what? vision. Someone walked up to me and she said, I love your YouTube channel. And I was like, what? Wow. I don't even have a YouTube channel. And she's like, well, then you better get started. Wow. And then the vision just ended. So I knew from years ago that I was supposed to be doing a YouTube channel. So I ended up starting in 2015, purely out of obedience, struggled the whole way through um felt like my videos weren't taking off felt like nothing was happening like i was it was just such a struggle for me hmm. and um i also felt really uncomfortable because I, I think that i was still learning myself i wasn't sure how i was supposed to show up i yeah. was still learning who i was and what my identity was and it's really hard to create content from that place because you're just going to always be going back and forth and not be completely sure wow and I feel like in this season of my life, since we moved to Texas, is the most sure that I've ever been about my identity, Mm -hmm. the most sure that I've ever been about the content that I'm creating. I still have moments where I'm like, oh, I really wish I didn't have to do my makeup and sit down to record (laughs) a video. (laughs) But I feel so sure about it, and I started to really know, like, okay, I know God's called me to encourage women. I'm naturally an encourager. Um, I naturally want to inspire people. And I just was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to answer the call and I'm going to do this again. And I ended up deleting all my old videos. I had like over a hundred videos and on YouTube And I ended up just starting from scratch. Um, And I battled with that decision too, because a lot of YouTubers that had been on the platform for years, they'd always say like, oh, you know, just keep them up there so people can see how far you've come. But it was just really important for me to start fresh because I wanted to start from a place that felt like, no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't want to see anything that reminds me of like, Yeah. Just not being sure in this area because it's such a touchy area for me. Yeah. And yeah. So I ended up just being obedient with that and then started creating real videos, which I really enjoy a lot because it's shorter form. It's shorter content. Like you can come up with like a 30 second thing or you can do a trend and. I just really liked doing reels because it was just, I just felt like it was low commitment. You know, YouTube feels like a lot more commitment because you have to sit down and have a whole plan and talk about whatever it is and it has to make sense and sound cohesive. And yeah, so then that just started taking off. Um, last year in, I would say July and August, um, my reel started taking off and then my YouTube started picking up recently too. So, I mean, I still don't have the most subscribers in the world on YouTube, but, um, I'm excited about where it's going because it's the first time that I'm seeing it actually get some traction. And I know that's because I'm just completely in alignment with who God's called me to be, where I'm supposed to be. And I feel like that's starting to translate online.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure it is. I mean, I think that's what connected me to you originally was like, one, I love your videos are, they're short. Some of them are short and sweet, like reels, but they're like packed with, the truth and things that I'm like, whoa, I have to watch this again to think about this again. I need to like take <laughs> out notes for some of your videos. And I think that's something that I'd be so curious to hear your thoughts on because, and tell me if I'm right on the timing, you started your channel in 2013, but then was it last year you really started to, or, or was last year when you removed old videos to have that fresh start?
1: Yeah. So I started my channel in 2015. So 2013 is when I knew, yeah, 2013 is when I knew I was called. 2015 is when I finally answered the call and started. Struggled all the way. um, And then I went on like a hiatus. Um, What year was that? Maybe that was 2020 where I just wasn't posting anything at all because it was just such a struggle. Yeah. And then um, last year is when I finally started to you know, pick it back up again and delete it all my channels.
0: Oh my gosh. All well, my old videos. Yes. Yeah. It, well, and it's so cool to think about because I think a lot of women who are maybe listening, you know, it, the, it you do think, oh, well, if I want to do any kind of video, I should have started years ago and I should have done it every day. I should have done daily vlogs every day, should have done all of that. And then that's how I would be successful, or that's how I would be able to do something like that now. But I love for you that you're like, no, I'm at a very genuine place moving forward with it. I would be so curious to know what was maybe, um, maybe it was 2021 when you're kind of resurrecting, but really starting fresh. What was one of your videos that you shared that maybe you felt, really a heart connect to, or you felt really proud of? Can you think of what an example of that was and maybe how you thought of that kind of conversation piece to put into a video?
1: Oh, ah, okay. Um, let me actually go look at them so that I can actually-
0: yes. Because, and wow. while you're looking, I think that the the videos that you've come up with, like I mentioned, they're, some of them are short and sweet, but I love that you've, I mean, it's funny because a lot of it actually ties in with HSDT questions that I asked, like, what's the greatest lesson you learned? I loved your video from your 20s, lessons that you learned in your 20s. The 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 videos and the conversations that you have and that you put out there, uh, I just think it they're so encouraging and so thoughtful. So that's why I'd be curious to know. What, what has been one that you really connected with that you were like, yeah, this is, this is kind of representing who I want to be online, what I want, what, you know, how I can put my best foot forward and what that looks like.
1: Ah, okay. So. As I was looking through, the one that I really connected with was the valuable lessons I learned in my 20s, as well as my friendship video that I did with my best friend. Um. And um, the first video that I made last year, which was I gave up on YouTube, but I'm back now. Um, Uh. I know that's more than one, but I really connected with all of those videos because I felt like those were different facets of me that were, I was able to bring to light and, and show on YouTube. So for like the gave up on YouTube, but I'm back now was just this really transparent video of me saying like, man, I struggled in this area. I have some YouTube trauma, mm. but I'm doing this again to be obedient and I'm going to trust God with the results and the outcome. And that was really transparent and vulnerable with me wow. and honest. And I felt like a lot of people connected with that because they had those Very same things in their life that they were struggling with, Mm. um, that they were struggling with starting back up again. Because a lot of the times when we start something and we feel like it didn't go well, we have a really hard time starting it again. And I felt like giving them that really honest perspective helped a lot of women because they were like, man, I'm not alone. And just because something didn't do well the first time, doesn't actually mean that it's not going to do well the second time I need to keep going I need to try again and not only that we sometimes will perceive something not going well as failure but what I really tried to make clear in the video was it's not failure if it didn't go well Mm. it actually did what it was meant to do which was Sharpen you and and really make you better and teach you so many valuable lessons that you would only learn in those hard moments. Wow! And I just really connected with that because I feel like that had been just the theme of my life up until that point. Uh, so yeah, that that was definitely my favorite. And then the friendship one was just another facet of my life that I'm just so passionate about. I love my friendships so much. Mm. I they mean so much to me. And anyone that's a close friend of mine is is just like family, you know? Mm. And I wanted to share with people like just some healthy relationship, friendship tips. And I wanted to do that with my best friend because I felt like we really try our best to do friendship well. And we just wanted to be able to share those tips. Oh. So yeah, I would say that. And then the last less valuable lessons I learned in my 20s, Um, you know, I'm I'm still 28, so I still got a couple more years in my (laughs) 20s, (laughs) but I wanted to share so much with people, just the things that I wish that somebody had told me um, as I was starting my 20s, because I had a lot of high hopes and just different, thinking things would go differently. And Mm. yeah, I just wanted to be able to share that to my audience, you know,
0: so Mm. Oh, well, you guys have homework. You guys need to go and watch these because every single one she's talking about I've watched, and I love the theme of friendship that you've kind of touched on um I mean, we've been able to connect today, but i I have to say I can tell you're a good friend. I can tell that you're a good oh. friend, and I love that that's something that's that's so important to you, and I know my listeners can take away a lot from that video. Uh, one thing that's really standing out to me though, is we've kind of walked through your story and we've walked through, gosh, even, you know, what you were studying in college and uh, what postgrad looked like for you. And I'm trying to connect the dots as to where you become um, a videographer and where you learn all of this stuff, because that is all I'm guessing Editing, all of that is self-taught. I mean, did you have to get equipment to start this venture? What What did that kind of look like?
1: Oh, so basically, my husband he has a successful YouTube channel. I would say he has like sixty thousand subscribers on YouTube, um, and he does music education. So he has a YouTube channel. Um, called Gifted Hands Music, and he teaches other piano players how to improve in their playing. So Um, he already had like cameras, lenses, and I just use that when he's not using it, and it just ah. works out perfectly. (laughs) And then for the editing, I learned from starting YouTube the first time that editing was such a tedious, frustrating thing for me. And one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about freedom and flexibility is because a lot of the time we hear people say, um, you know, like start with what you have. Like, even if you're not good at editing, like learning, learn it and you know, and you can do this and you can do that. And for me, editing was always just so frustrating for me. And I was like, why do I have to submit to that? Why can't I just pay someone to do it for me? Yeah. And that was just what I did. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to find an editor that fits my budget. I'm not going to put myself through this because YouTube is already challenging for me. I'm not going to make it more challenging. And I want to be able to have the freedom to do something like this. So I found an editor that fit my budget and he edits all my videos um, just because like, I just can't, I really can't, I can't do it. I don't (laughs) know how people do it. It's so hard for me and it's just so tedious. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I love that you would share that. It's like take something off your plate that that is not you know a necessity, and if you can, yes, why not? I love that you're able to share. No, I found somebody within my budget and they do a great job editing. I love all the edits that he does and there you go. Your hands are clean of it and you can move on to the things that you really love and the things that, that you're really good at. Oh my gosh. Well, it's really fun to hear so many different highlights throughout your career and to hear a little bit more about what's coming up and, and all that you're doing. But I'd be really curious to know, are there any instances throughout your career that maybe you'd say failure helped shape it?
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I would totally <laughs> say that. <laughs> I would say with my YouTube channel, um, just I wouldn't be able to help women in the area of purpose and calling and speak to them from that like really um, genuine place of knowing what it feels like to be discouraged, knowing what it feels like to put in work and not see it go the way that you want it, yeah. um, knowing what it feels like um, to just keep trying and feel like your efforts are futile. Futile, like mm. I know all of those things, and I'm just so grateful for all the failure that I had, or what felt like failure in the right. moment with my YouTube channel and even my personal Instagram because now I can speak to women from that very genuine place, you know. Mm. Like, like I said, my YouTube channel is not the most popular in the world, but I'm so grateful with the, the growth that I'm seeing because yeah of the struggle. And I think that when you're struggling, you just appreciate any growth so much more (laughs) because it just is such a painful experience. And I think throughout that whole time, I struggled to find people that would talk about the process and would talk about the journey. Mm. And I felt like I would look up to a lot of women that were successful, but I didn't hear a lot about the struggle and the trying and the not growing and the not seeing the outcome you wanted and that's so much what my heart wanted and now I speak from that place of helping women that are in the process that maybe feel like hey I'm at A and I don't know how I'm ever going to get to Z like I want to speak to those people because I felt like that for so many years so I definitely think failure shaped that because now I'm able to speak to women from that place Oh,
0: well, this is the 500th time that I have chills while talking to you. <laughs> you just like read my mail. I feel such a connect to you. That's exactly the heart behind the podcast because I would look left and right and not in a bad way. You know, I would just look at women's stories and like you I'd be like, okay, see you at Z where was m and you know l and and that time frame w- what were you doing here how did you get right. there and i just right. yeah i feel like your your youtube is is the hsdt version of of what a youtube channel would be of not only watch me grow, join me in the process and try it on your end as well. And I know that's how you mm-hmm. encourage your viewers and listeners to, to think, to say, okay, if she's going for it, I can go for it in my given entity. And that's that's the takeaways I've had from your videos and being able to follow you. So, so well said. Oh. Well, on the flip side, I'd love to know, has there been any
1: real wow moments in your career that you could share with us? Wow moments. I feel like the most recent wow moment was me leaving my job. (laughs) Seriously? Um, Yes. I was working for Built to Impact, um, great company. And I ended up just knowing that God was calling me out and he wanted me to help my husband with his company and work alongside him Uh and continue to build my platform. And that was just such a wild moment for me because I had dreamed of the day where I would have the freedom. One of my core values is freedom. Yeah. It's like one of my core values. And I dreamed of the day when I would have the freedom to not have to give 40 hours of my life to mm-hmm. anybody or anything that I, I don't want to, you know, yeah. and I really wanted to Live a life where I felt like it was truly built on my values, and I anything that I did in my week, it was because I felt called to do it and I knew I was supposed to do it, you know. And I felt like, you know, I just was tired of working a job for money. I don't ever want to do anything for money, you know. And even though the company was great and you know, it was an overall good experience, it was just so important for me to be like, okay if I can do this for somebody else, I can do the same thing for my husband and we can build together. And um, that has been just a wow moment for us because it was like, it really was a leap of faith, but we're so glad we're doing it and we're doing just fine. And (sighs) I'm able to work with my husband and it feels good. I'm able to, Enjoy moments with my son. Yes. Um, if we want to just randomly go to the movies in the day, we can do that. I don't have to um, wait till after nine to five, you know? Like yeah. it just feels like now I have the freedom to really live and do as I feel called as opposed to waiting to a set time. And mm-hmm. that was just. So frustrating for me for a long time. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, and the two words that keep coming to mind, which I know are pillars in your life and business, and you just said it so eloquently, is freedom and flexibility. So for you to be able to step into that season and really take hold of those, share it with others, it's really cool to hear. Well, here's a question that I've been really eager to ask you um, since being introduced to you through social media and whatnot. I'd love to know, what is perhaps the greatest lesson you have learned?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I'm really going to take time to think about this because I want the answer to be so honest.
0: I know. It's it's a loaded one.
1: <laughs> it is loaded. <laughs> I need to give a caution sign beforehand. <laughs> I would say the greatest lesson I've learned is just the power of unconditional love. Mm. Um, And I know how cheesy that sounds, but it's really what made the gospel so real to me at a time in my life where I felt really low and Mm. really just not good about myself. Um, And that lesson really was apparent to me when, on the night I got saved, I remember going to church. I had just gotten out of a relationship. It was so hard for me. I was really struggling. I was heartbroken. Mm. And I remember somebody inviting me to church and I was like, oh, I don't want to go here, but I'll go. It's like my last resort. And Mm. I remember just going, not expecting anything out of it, just going because I was desperate. Mm. And I remember sitting in the pews and I was listening to the message and he was talking about the story of Hosea and Gomer. Um, and I know the story is really popular. A lot of people know it, but mm-hmm. this, he was basically talking about um, how God called this man to marry a prostitute and how he kept telling him to go back for her and love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just mirroring his love for Israel at the time, God's love for Israel mm-hmm. and how, regardless of how many times they walked away from him, regardless of how much they um, went out to go, you know, do other things. God still loved them. He still loved them unconditionally mm-hmm. and he would still go back to get them and redeem them. And that was so powerful for me because I was sitting in the in the chair and I remember thinking like I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Why am I even here? I'm so dirty. I've done so many things mm-hmm. like I've lived a life of impurity. I don't belong here. And that message just really Just hit home to my heart in ways that I can't imagine. I just knew God was calling me um, because it was just such a powerful message. And I remember the preacher at the time calling me to the front and just speaking life over me and telling me that God Mm -hmm. loved me and that He had a plan and a purpose for me. And it just felt like right in my lowest moment, God redeemed me Mm -hmm. and He purchased me and bought me back. And it just felt so special. And my life was changed. So I honestly have to say that. The most powerful lesson I've learned was just the power of unconditional love and how it can really change lives, you know, um, because that's what changed my life and set me on the path that I'm on.
0: I mean, I think we're done. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Avriel, I have asked that question 90 times, 90 episodes. Um, and that is, you know, don't, don't tell my other guests, but that's, that's the best answer I've ever heard. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for taking the time to really, really sit and think on it for a second. Um, because I, I say this often in, in episodes and perhaps there's never been a more timely moment to say it, uh, pause, uh, ladies and rewind and listen to what Avriel just shared from the heart. Um, thank you. Wow, I mm-hmm. I'm floored. And um and again just thank you because that was so so beautifully said. Oh my gosh. Well, I I think that there needs to be a part 2 at some point because this cannot be the last the last time I'm <laughs> speaking with you. Oh, oh my gosh, but of I course. know uh, I know that there's just so much going on for you and for your family, for your husband and and the amazing life you guys are building. Um so I'd love to know, you know, what can listeners be staying tuned for? What's next for you?
1: Yeah, so right now I'm just working alongside my husband, helping build his company, continuing to be faithful with my audience and growing my social media. Um, I'm really in the process right now of learning to become and learning to really um, become well grounded. I mm. want to be somebody that you know. Once you're an once you have an audience, you become a leader, and I want to be mm. somebody that leads. Well and with intention, and I want every piece of content I make to be impactful. Yeah. So right now in this season, I'm really actually learning to become, grow in my relationship with God and actually do things like enjoy my life and rest. and so mm-hmm. that when I do show up online, it's really um' it's an overflow from what's already happening in my life. And I a prayer that I've always prayed for years was I just pray that whenever I open my mouth to speak that people's hearts would burn within them and that they would mm. want to go and pursue the God that I serve. Mm. Um, so I really am making sure that in this season of my life, I'm being the person that I need to be yeah. to, to be able to steward something like that um, and steward a, an answer to that prayer. So yeah, oh. that's really what I'm focused on. And I'm just really just listening to what God has for me next, but I'm really content with growing my audience and seeing what happens next.
0: Well, we're excited. We're excited to see what happens next as well. And I mentioned this, we mentioned this earlier. You've mentioned it quite a few times, just the power of friendship and how important it is to you. Um, And that's something that I really love. And it's amazing to me that HSDT has brought new friends like yourself into my life. So I'd love to ask you, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their story?
1: Amanda. Pittman. oh my goodness, she is my best friend. She is amazing. She is so wise. Like if you're blown away by B, oh my goodness, (laughs) she has so much more. Where that came from, like so much of what I learned is from her. And her and her husband are just incredible. They're entrepreneurs as well. She's so wise. She leads a ministry um, called Confident Woman Co. And she just leads literally hundreds of thousands of women, um, and teaches them the gospel and teaches them to be confident. And I just, she's amazing. I, you definitely need to have her on. I <laughs> oh, oh,
0: Love it. Oh, well, you all have to stay tuned for a potential episode with Amanda. Thank you so much for that awesome recommendation. And I know many of you, you guys might've paused us. You might be back after watching some of Avriel's YouTube videos, but where can listeners connect with you?
1: They can connect with me on Instagram and on YouTube. So on YouTube, my name is Abriel Muse and on Instagram, my name is Abriel Muse as well.
0: Easy to find. Well, Abriel, this conversation was amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait for listeners to hear from you and hear your wisdom. Thank you for your time today. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.